0: Hello and welcome to a very mini podcast series from me, Anna Constein, a freelance photographer and content writer from Northamptonshire in the UK. Let's Shoot Together is a one-off series about one young lady's—that's so me—journey from camera phobe to full-time business owner, using my camera to do work that I love. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So. <laughs> here we are I wanted to start this series as a standalone experiment so I don't know about you but I'm definitely someone who is guilty of setting way too big a task for myself and then never being able to tackle said task because it's just too far out of what I feel I can achieve as a first step so I have been thinking about having a podcast for a very long time, started one with my best friend circa 2012 and ever since then have just listened and loved plenty of podcasts over the years and have been asked multiple times when I was going to launch my own one, which is a lovely question to have. However, if you have a brain like mine, you translate it into pressure and pressure doesn't make things get done. So my idea was to come back with a series she's just going to stand on her own two feet she's got no pressure to do anything else but i just wanted to give you an insight into my journey as a photographer hint that's the first thing we'll be talking about today so the story of how my career started and then also covering some areas that I think you might be interested in hearing from somebody who does this full-time you might be someone who has never picked up a camera you might be someone who has been playing with your phone camera you might be a photographer yourself already and just want to hear what someone else has been up to or you might be just starting to find your feet and wanting to know how you can expand from deciding this is a passion that you want to explore so if that sounds good here is a podcast made for you and I hope you enjoy. So, how I started. It's something that I get asked probably most commonly on top of other questions about being a photographer. The first question that comes up is, did I go to university or what did I study at university? The quick answer is languages. So I studied French and German which I loved and enjoyed but I've always been someone who has wanted to have some kind of creative streak to what they do. While I was at university it gave me the chance to have free time, explore things that I was passionate about but the languages side of things while it filled one of my cups I never quite felt fulfilled so people say do I have a photography degree and I don't everything that I have has come from asking questions of other photographers of following things I've learned online reading books just trying to throw myself out and above all else playing with my camera again and again and again and again I think a photography degree is super valuable, it's something that I think I want to consider a little bit more, as in getting some kind of like formal education, some kind of structure I think is only a good thing, so um, I would never ever discount it, I know that there are probably photographers out there that say perhaps even that a degree is pointless, however I would strongly disagree. You don't need a degree to be a photographer, that is true. However, if you are passionate, if you would like to go to university to do something that you love, then photography is an excellent choice and will give you some of the technical insights that can be more difficult to come across if you are someone that is picking it up, teaching yourself, following tutorials. It obviously depends on the university that you go for. And like with any degree, You'll want to do your own research, however, it should be something you consider if it's something that you think you would really, really enjoy and it will give you a fantastic basis. I think the reason why we talk about not needing a degree is that there's an importance in not just embracing the technical side, but also the creative side, and we can talk about that properly in another episode. So... I don't have a degree in photography. And the other truth is that while probably most of the photographers that I have actively spoken to about their past had cameras from a very young age or a younger age and were surrounded by people that were also passionate about photography, these aren't things that are essential Either because I had no photographic kind of experience or environment when I was growing up. I didn't really consider myself someone that had that kind of a visual eye. I always saw myself as a linguist. And also I believed that it was something that other people had as like an innate part of them and that was never going to be something that I would pursue. So I'd really enjoyed drawing as a child, but cameras are expensive. And when we were growing up, we had a film camera, but that was something that wasn't something I ever considered picking up and using. That also is something that I really want people to know. So how did my photography journey begin? Uh, I bought my first camera when I went to university. It was a surprisingly good digital camera that was a point and shoot camera. So a point and shoot camera is the ones that you've probably seen most commonly. They're usually the smaller sized camera. You can hold them in your hand very easily. And all you have to do for the vast majority is press the button and it will do all the work for you. So. A more advanced camera, a DSLR, is a camera that you can add your own lenses to and it's very easy to customise as you're shooting. You'll be setting all sorts of controls yourself so that you have a little bit more agency. However, those are things that take time to learn. So, a point-and-shoot camera was my entry point, and the entry point of, I am sure, many, if not most, photography lovers as it meant that I could just be free and just point my camera at things and really enjoy doing so. At university, that meant mostly taking photos of nights out. My Facebook is a lovely history record of great makeup on nights out. We loved our makeup, another little creative pursuit I'd really enjoyed. And just having a great time, however artistic, they probably were not. It took a couple of years of having my own camera before I started thinking about if I wanted to get further into it. And the route that I took was actually through wanting to make YouTube videos. I, as part of my languages degree, had a year abroad. So in the UK, if you study a language, you have the same three years in university However, your third year, you will have your year abroad. So universities will either say that you should spend half and half of your year in two countries. If you're doing two languages, if you're doing one language, you would spend your full amount of time in that one country. And once you have done your year abroad, you come back and you have your fourth year, which is your final year at university. While I was on my year abroad, I had disposable income for the first time, which was very exciting. I had been a very well-budgeted young student. But when I lived in France, my rent was a hundred euros a month, which was as incredible then as it sounds now. And it meant that I had the chance to buy makeup because again, I was very passionate about it at the time but also i wanted to buy a camera because of turning that enjoyment of makeup into a youtube channel so i started a youtube channel made one video on my friend's camera and then decided i was going to invest in the same camera that most of the youtubers i was subscribed to at the time were using to make their own videos that meant i got canon 600d i own her still she's beautiful she's lovely she's now very old and very difficult to use because the delay now in between pressing the button to take the photo so pressing the shutter and it actually taking a photo is a very unhelpful amount of time so was making videos was enjoying videos And I was occasionally taking photos as well throughout my time there. It was mostly me like vlogging, but also I would take the odd pic and put, of course, the odd food photo onto Instagram with, I hope everyone can remember the original filters for Instagram. If you can't just know that they were lurid, intense, and absolutely hideous. So, um, big fan of that and that was my first foray into the world of Instagram and social media. Then, from taking the odd photo, I came back to the UK after my year abroad, having had an experience that made me realise I didn't want to live abroad again and I didn't want to pursue languages as my career. I returned and ended up bumping into the owner of the boutique that I worked at from the age of 14 until 19 who mentioned that he was looking for someone to take over doing the photography of the boutique for the website. I said, well, I have a DSLR and that got me the job. Enter me, literally the week after rocking up to see the studio setup that was upstairs in the office and realising that I was not confident even slightly in what I was doing. I was easily, when I started, the worst photographer in the building, hands down. Wasn't the only part of the job that I was doing, however that was the primary responsibility that I had. But, I was terrible, completely terrible, um, in the sense of just not having trained my eye enough. I was not used to looking for symmetry. And when you are taking clothing photos and product photos in general, symmetry shows up in a way that is so much more intense and noticeable versus in something like a landscape shot where you're going to see other elements in the photo that means that symmetry isn't actually the focus. However, product photography, you want to be showing off a piece in its best light, literally, and also in its best form. So, making sure that it looks tidy and neat and of the quality of any of the websites that your customers are going to be browsing and coming across. No matter what the size of the business you're working for, you still want to have as much quality as possible because people don't know when they click onto a website the scale of your business. Cannot emphasise enough how terrible I was. I was also very slow. Again, because I didn't have my eye trained yet, it meant that instead of being able to look at the mannequin that we were using, with the garment on the mannequin and be able to see clearly what the camera was going to pick up. I didn't have that experience yet either. It meant a lot of going back and forth of having a rearrange of the mannequin, taking a photo through the camera, realising what I didn't like about the shot and then having to go back and redo it. It was a long process, a very long process, and something that I had to learn very quickly to speed up and improve, because it was, uh, I say, a small boutique. There was a small team, but a very like, successful business, but it meant that I couldn't take my time like I had in a fun, personal setting, and being able to, when it was just me and my camera and wandering around, take all the time in the world, it wasn't obviously an option. It was a baptism of fire, let me tell you, product photography definitely has its challenges and I was there for how many months would it have been? might even have been about five months in the end for just that summer. Thankfully at the end of the summer I was then the best at getting the photo done and I could do it quickly and I could do it at standard that I felt finally really really proud of and it was so satisfying to be able to really clearly see the beginning point and the end point and that's what's so lovely about photography is that whereas with my languages I can't go back and hear how my younger self were speaking her languages, I wasn't recording it. It was never something that I particularly paid attention to to try and consciously remember what level I'd been at. It's a very, very different experience. However, with photography, you literally have a perfect record of where you started and where you are now. That was immensely satisfying at the time. And even though now I am sure I could go in and do much better photos than, was able to do at the end of that summer, I still felt that passion and instead of making videos being something that I wanted to pursue, it was very clear then that photography was something that I mainly cared about. It's worth mentioning that Instagram was also really starting to pick up at this particular point. That summer was the summer of 2014 and the wheels were really starting to turn with the creativity and the popularity of what was happening on Instagram. And I am sure you have heard many Instagrammers getting very nostalgic about that particular point in time. The square photos were still a thing. Again, some people I know are a little bit newer to Instagram than others, but you could only originally post a square photo and that is something that if you ask some of us we will tell you that we miss and sometimes there is definitely part of me that does. I came back to university for my final year and was very very unhappy with um, how my experience in France had been and it meant that photography became an escapism so the rest of that year was a challenge mental health wise as well But I had photography and it was that year, I believe, that I decided to start doing a Project 365. So Project 365, in case you've not come across it before, is, you may have guessed it, you're taking a photo every single day for a year. That project I finished, which is actually one of the things that I feel proudest of. I've attempted two ever since then and haven't been able to finish either of them. So I was tracking along quite well at the end of 2019, going into last year, 2020. The pandemic struck and being stuck at home completely killed my passion for that particular project. But the first one was definitely a love letter to photography as I found myself growing more and more passionate about documenting things, experimenting and just having so much fun with my camera and I think that's one thing that I really want people to take away is that photography is fun and it should feel like fun and the best experience that you'll ever have is from being silly with your camera, from playing around from just seeing what you can do going to angles that you don't think will work and just trying them anyway and that is exactly what happened throughout the course of that project 365. That project would have finished in 2015 and while at the time I felt so proud of the journey that i had been on I now look at that project and cringe quite dramatically again my photography has come a really long way and that's something that I kind of recognize and embrace that I love where I'm at now I'm really proud of the photography that I am capable of now but in the future I'm sure I'm gonna look back and think actually I've learned even since then that project it sort of feels bittersweet in a way because I feel that It was not my best work. It was the best work that I could do at the time. And that's really valuable and that's really important. Project 365, end of university. I find myself going back to the boutique that I'd been working at the summer before, the one that I'd been working at as a teenager. And again, was doing many other parts of the roles that were needed in the boutique also still being probably the main person responsible for the photography again. And things just kept progressing. I decided that after the first year, I believe, yeah, the first year of being at the boutique, that I wanted to save up and do Camp America. And that was another experience that I really enjoyed and gave me so much opportunity to experiment. I took my film camera with me and took many photos with that. And then also I took a digital camera that I used to make videos but also take the odd photo with as well. 2016 was one of the biggest peaks that I personally can remember for Instagram, certainly. I would say that was probably when I was most excited by Instagram. And throughout that summer, while I was away, my account had grown a little bit and attracted the attention of a couple of businesses. While in America, I knew that I had had the experience of working at the boutique, which I loved, but having worked there since I was a teenager, I very much knew that I wanted to try something knew and that there was some kind of forward step that I wanted to take. So while I was there with people that everyone seemed to be pursuing very responsible jobs, air quotes, proper jobs as I saw them at the time, I just couldn't bring myself to commit to something when I really felt the bug for my photography and I thought then that that was the only air quotes opportunity. I now don't believe that would have necessarily been the case. But I thought, why not, when I returned to the UK, give it a go? Because as I left for the US, I had been approached by three business owners to do their social media content, which included their photography. So that was what I was asked for and then when I came back I said yes and it meant that at the end of September 2016 I started with my first client starting with the second two within about a week or so and that was it I was a freelance photographer I am sure that I will go into more detail about the actual freelancing side of things, but I really wanted today to just give you an idea of where I started and the stage that I got to with becoming a freelance photographer. This, I think, should have communicated, again, those like really key points that I want people to remember, which is you don't have to have been super young to be a photographer. I know of brilliant photographers who started later in life than I did in their 30s, in their 40s, people who are incredible and don't do it as a full-time career at all, have other careers that they're really passionate about, but photography is their escapism. So there's really no one right way and there's no reason to limit yourself if you feel that Picking up a camera is something that you want to give a try and just pursue as far as your curiosity and your passion really wants to go. That might be becoming a freelancer, but it might not. And either one is absolutely fine. I believe that everyone should be able to enjoy a creative pursuit that makes them happy, and might well be that photography does exactly that for you. So, there you go. That was my photography journey, I hope you enjoyed, I hope that gave you at least a bit of insight into what, when someone say they're a professional photographer, what their journey actually was, because I am so curious about these kind of things, and maybe you are too. If you have any questions, please do get in touch. My Instagram will be linked in the show notes. It's Anna UK, all one word. Please go for it if you would like to ask me any questions. Feel free to subscribe to this podcast. All of this lingo is completely new to me. Um, You can leave a review if you would like to. There is no pressure. Reviews can play a really big role in people getting visibility on their podcast. Even if you don't do it for mine, make sure you're doing it for other people's because it's super beneficial. And please do feel free to share this episode or any other episodes that you find interesting or valuable. Share them on your socials or ping them to someone you know, and hopefully they might benefit as well. Thank you so much for listening. I have really enjoyed chatting to you, I hope you all have lovely days ahead of you, or lovely evenings, or maybe you're listening to this lasting at night, in which case I'm honoured to be your transition between your waking state and your sleeping one, so wherever you are, whenever you are, I hope that you have lovely things ahead of you, thank you for listening and take care.